0: On our country profile today, we're taking you to Benin. Here's uh, an interview with Swaibo Vareso.
1: We have more than 62 uh, ethnic groups. So uh, the, the, the culture is uh, uh, meditard in French. We say meditard, I don't know how to tell it really. Uh, it's, a, it's a very uh, meditard culture. So uh, every time it's reborn, the picture is reborn generation after generation. you understand what I mean?
0: Yes, yes I am.
1: Yeah. so uh, it's very, very, very uh, dynamic people and resilient people and working people and anti people
0: when you talk about the the culture you know we also think about food the widely eaten eaten foods in Burkina Faso what would you say it uh they are
1: yes uh, we mostly eat uh how can I say that uh, uh the 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 multiple food is something uh, made by cereal, by cereal dough. It can be corn, red or white sorghum, or bread millet, and you can eat it with many things, many kind of things. So uh, after that, we eat mostly rice, and it's. Uh, the important part of our importance is from uh, Korean countries.
0: Apologies for that uh, mistake. It was indeed a p- profile uh, on Burkina Faso. Let's move on to our last segment now, where we zoom into a particular issue in a country on the African continent. And today we're looking at South Africa and really zooming into the budget speech, which was delivered this week by Finance Minister Dido Mbwene. No major tax increases were announced, but fuel, carbon tax, syntax and national debt saw an increase. And Mbwene did say that government debt was unfortunate, Unfortunately, extremely hard to speak. More on this, we're now joined by, on the line by uh, Dominic Edek from the organization Fight Inequality South Africa. Thank you so much for joining us, Dominic.
2: Hi, uh, Dominic Brown and I'm from the Alternative Information and Development Center. I'm happy to be here. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for that correction. Uh, Dominic, your impression of the speech?
2: So um, myself and many others are very underwhelmed um, by what the finance minister and government has proposed. This budget is really about making the poor and uh, the majority of the country pay for the debt crisis, pay for the costs of the pandemic, while giving a lot of relief for middle-class, rich and corporations. So it's a really a uh, anti-poor budget. And this sentiment is shared by many others. And in fact, In terms of the speech, there's a number of questions that many of us are wanting to ask. Number one, we don't understand how the finance minister can deny that this is an austerity budget. By definition, it's an austerity budget in that there's massive spending cuts um, to health care in real terms, to education in real terms, to grants in real terms. The indirect um, taxes have increased, as you have indicated, And this is all to um, supposedly reduce the debt problem. Now, not only will this um, create deepening social crisis, deepening problems of unemployment and the continued deindustrialization of the South African economy, uh, but this will also fail, this uh, false solution will fail to resolve the debt problems. In fact, because we can anticipate that the economy will contract as a result of these measures. Reduced government spending um, and reduced household consumption uh, will invariably lead to the growing of the debt-to-GDP ratio. Um, movements across the country have indicated that there are real workable alternatives, like the need to implement a basic income grant, um, Amongst many others job creation strategies etc that can put us on a just recovery and uh, As well as address the ecological crisis But these are all ignored uh, By government and the finance minister. So how can we say that this is not an austerity budget? Mm -hmm. The second big question we have is in the budget speech The finance minister announced that the corporate income tax rate will be cut to 27%. But this is nowhere to be found in the full budget review. So many of us are wondering, when was this uh, agreed upon? Um, Was this decision made by the finance minister on its own, or has Treasury agreed to this? Um, And then further, were the repercussions of a potential corporate income tax decrease considered? Because around the world, many have argued that these will will, um, contribute to the declining progressivity of tax systems as we see a global corporate income tax race to the bottom. Mm -hmm. These are all, it's a very problematic budget that was proposed, a very anti-poor budget, and we understand that there's a difficult economic climate. But there's a lot of resources actually in the country that can put us on a different economic trajectory, address many of the crises that we're facing, um, including mass unemployment, growing hunger, and the deepening social crisis. And in this way, actually contributing to reducing the debt problem over the medium term.
0: Now, how do we unlock opportunities for young entrepreneurs and small business enterprises, Dominic?
2: I think that you'll see more businesses rise up in a much better economic climate. To be able to get us out of the stagnant economic climate that we are in now, we need to have a massive job creation strategy. Now, the 11 billion RAM proposed by the president and the uh, finance minister for job creation schemes are all temporary uh, jobs and not a real solution. There's not enough money there to actually address the jobs crisis. And if you weigh that up with uh, about more than 144 billion rand being cut to the public sector wage bill, this will invariably lead to more uh, retrenchments in the public sector, followed then probably by the private sector and growing unemployment. So what we actually need to do is to say that, one, given that we already have nearly uh, 12 million people unemployed in the country, implement a basic income grant. Implementing a a basic income grant will increase um, consumption levels by poorer households in the country. In this way, you actually stimulate uh, demand in the economy and you can grow the economy and create some jobs in the process. But that's not enough. What we actually need to do over and above that is have an employment guarantee scheme by government that says we will employ people willing and able to work and pay them a decent wage. And this is actually shown to have a number of positive impacts. One, you have people who are unemployed can now uh, be employed by the state at a good wage and contribute to work in improving their communities. Secondly, by having this strategy, you actually start to mitigate against inflation because you're improving productivity uh, in the economy. Um, And as economy Meets demand um, as productivity meets the demand, you mitigate infl- against inflation. So you don't have demand um, uh, increasing over and above productivity. So these are the ways that we should uh, be doing it in the in the in the short term. But in the in the medium term, we have to address the issue of climate change. We are already seeing droughts in many parts of the country. We are already seeing food shortages. These are all related to the problem of climate change. And if we actually decide to transform ESCOM into a public renewable energy utility in this way, so Africa can become a leader in transitioning to renewable energies in the world. Um, because uh, And in this way, we can also create a huge amount of jobs if we have a socially owned uh, renewable energy sector that creates uh, a manufacturing and infrastructure industry for the creation of these renewable energy jobs. And then, related to that, of course, is that it's not just the energy sector that contributes to climate change, it's also transport um, and the way we produce in the economy. Um, so, once we start to prioritize the rollout of a public transport system that's uh, developed and built on renewables, once we have a mass housing program so that we can uh, defeat the housing crisis that we have in the country that made it impossible for many people to uh, socially distance during the pandemic. Once you do these things in a way that meets um, climate targets, you will also meet people's needs and create um, hundreds and thousands of jobs in the process. People may think this is all pie in the sky, idealistic, it's not possible. But actually, this, is, this arguments are based on empirical research, based on historical evidence, um, and the way things used to work before we've seen uh, the way economies change in the big way, a restructuring of the economies globally in the 1980s. And this, the repercussions of this restructuring is manifesting itself globally as we see rising inequalities rising unemployment, and rising social crisis. Mm. So what's happening in South Africa is actually not different to other parts in the world. We have a particularly bad case because we have colonialism, segregation, apartheid, um, and then we have this um, restructuring of the economy in a pro-business way on top of it, which has exacerbated and made our country an exceptionally bad case. Definitely. But the whole point, if I can finish here, is the world is rethinking through what an economic policy needs to look like to meet people's needs and the planet's needs. And everyone is saying that the exact policies that the finance minister and the government is implementing is failed and is doomed to fail. And this is what, why Mboweni denies that it's an austerity budget, because it's been proven to be a failure. But it's a lie. It is an austerity budget. And we need to demand that this budget be scrapped.
0: That's where we have to leave it. Thank you so much for that insightful uh, interview. And apologies again for getting your name uh, incorrect. No problem. That's the voice of Dominic Brown from the Alternative Information and Development Center. Thank you.
2: Thank you.